Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Have life, and they have it more abundantly. Have it more abundantly. Living. Jesus came to give us life. Not just regular life, but life more abundantly. So I'm very excited about this series. This series, we're going to talk about the difference between living uh, living a life with God versus living a life for God. You see, God wants us to do life with him, um, not do life for him. See, God doesn't need us to do anything for him. He's God all by himself. He, he doesn't need us to do not one thing. Like, God doesn't need a human being to speak for him because God will speak through a rock. Amen? God will speak through a bush. It's noted in the Bible. He will speak through a bush. He doesn't need us to do anything uh, for him. He wants us to do life with him. That is so powerful that God wants us to do life with him. I believe that the church have, has made a mistake of, of, of uh, giving a vision to people uh, to, uh, for a life uh, uh, for God instead of a life with God. I believe so, so God is, is, is not about doing things for him. It's about him doing things with him. It's about us doing things with him. Don't get me wrong. I love when people get involved in ministry. I love when people use their gift. I love when people find their purpose. Amen. But some people spend the majority of their lives uh, uh, preparing to be someone instead of just living. And you miss out on such the goodness of God as spending that time with him, getting to know him, getting to know what's on his heart, doing life with him. It's so much power when we do life with God. We overcome obstacles when we do life with God instead of doing things for him. I believe we can do things for God without God. We can do things for God without God. See, but doing things with God, that means he says, I will be there wherever you are. I will be wherever you are. I will always be with you. It's a promise. God says, I will always be with you. So that's the way we ought to do, do life. That's the way we ought to spend, spend time with God. That's the way we ought to live our life, live a life with God. So all the messages that I'm going to preach, all the messages I'm going to, is going to be geared towards a life with God. Are you with me? Come on, let me hear you through the camera. I hope you are with me this morning. Yes, come on, I heard someone said, preach it. That means Pastor Steve is going to bless them financially, amen? So in this text, in our text this morning, I want you to turn to Second uh, Chronicles uh, 20, chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 1. So in, in our text this morning, there is a powerful example from King Je- Jehoshaphat how to align your life with God. 
It's about us aligning our lives with him, with him. Are we ready? So 2 Chronicles verse 20, I mean chapter 20, verse 1. And it says, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Menunites, uh, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, uh, that is in Angadai. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not in heaven? You rule over all kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us the sword, the judgment, or pestilence, or famine, you will, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, behold, the, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possessions, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful just, just who you are, Lord. Thank you uh, for this time. We, are, uh, we worship you on this Palm Sunday, Lord. We worship you, a Savior that was coming, riding in Jerusalem, Lord God, with us on his mind, with us in his heart. Thank you, God, that you love us so much that you want to do life with us. And we don't have to do anything for you, but you want us to do life with you. Father, our eyes are on you. We may not know what to do during these times, but our eyes are on you. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Lord God, I ask you to speak with, um, um, speak with my mind and speak through my vocal cords today. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So during a, a crisis, it is important uh, that we fix our eyes on the nature of God. 
and see uh, King Jehoshaphat. Um, um, he was new and in, in leading as king, and he was just faced with just uh, just obstacles, a disaster. Um, um, Judah, uh, they they had a. Uh, three different nations coming after them to attack them. And so they all were afraid. They was like, God, what do we do? We don't know what to do, right? We don't know what to do. Help us, help us. We don't know what to do. So no doubt they face the same options that we are faced with today. Either we give up, um, uh, step back, or, or stand up. We either give up, step back or stand up. See, Judah decided to stand up. They, start, they decided to stand up for, for what God gave them. They started to stand up for what, uh, what God gave them, uh, the, the land that they gave them. So he was like, so Jehoshaphat started to, to um, talk about the nature of God. He said, aren't you the God in heaven? He's like, aren't you the God that would, the power and might is in your hand, and nothing can withstand you. Nothing is bigger than you. He started to talk about the nature of God. It's important during a crisis we know the nature of God. See, when people don't know God's nature, they tend to give up when things get tough. We must understand God's nature is he cannot lie. He doesn't know how to do that. God doesn't know how to lie. In Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that should repent. Has he said and will not do? Or has he spoken and will not make it good? Right? So if what God told you has not come to pass, it's either delayed or you denied him access. You've denied him access. He, it's not because he lied. See, God probably trying to remove something in your life so he can do something new into your life. It's not because he died. I mean, he lied, right? So what God told you will not change because of circumstances. It will not change. So whatever God's promised you, like he, this didn't catch him by surprise, Right, this whole pandemic did not catch him by surprise. So whatever God told you in the past, it still stands. Because nothing can supersede the promise of God. Nothing can get in the way of the promises of God. Right, so whatever God told you still stands. I remember when um, we were living in Connecticut and we got the call to plant the, uh, a church in Texas. And we had just just recently, we're just maybe a year in in our new building in Connecticut, our Connecticut campus. And we had storm after storm, and then all of a sudden, thirty thousand square foot building, brand new building, collapse. It was devastating. It was devastating for our leadership, for our congregation. We were all dispersed, and so what my pastor did, he assembled all the leaders together, and we started to. Uh, make plans to rebuild the, the Connecticut campus and started making plans to plant the Texas campus. So some people was like, oh my goodness, you're still going to Texas? Right? We have we with all this devastation going on. We don't have a church here. Why are you still going to Texas? Well, that's, God plans doesn't change based on circumstances. 
Like if he told us to go to Texas, it still stands. Like God didn't wake up in the morning and decide to say, you know what? I'm not really feeling it today. I know what I told you last week, you know, but I'm not really feeling it today. Let's just kind of change, change it up a little bit. I'm not really feeling it today. You, you don't need to go to Texas now because of everything happened. Or God didn't say, oh, my gosh, your building fell. I didn't know. Oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry that your building fell. I, did, I, I didn't know. You know what? You don't have to go to Texas now. You don't have to go. I, I understand I didn't know this was going to happen. No, God knows everything. He knows the beginning and the end, right? So God is the controller of our lives. He knew. So whatever he says still stands, right? See, we're, we're the only ones that wake up moody, right, sometimes and change our plans. Amen? So sometimes we wake up. We're on the right path that God's in. We're on the right path. Right? And we wake up and say, you know what? I'm not really feeling this right now. Let me do something different. You could be in the right church. Be like, let me go to another church. I'm not really feeling this church right now. But God get, um, place you in the right place. And sometimes we just, we change up the game. Good thing God is not like us. Right? God is consistent. He is God and he will not lie. He will not lie. God's promises are unending. His promises are unending. Deuteronomy 7, uh, uh, verse 9 says, Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Faithfulness is at the core of God's character. Is that the core? See, God is, at, is, is as good as his word. <laughs> so he, when he sends his word out, it would never return to him void. It would accomplish everything that it's sent out to do. Isn't that awesome? I can hear you all the way in your home. See, God's sovereignty is unexplainable. I love this text in Romans eleven thirty-three. It says, have you ever come on anything quite like this extravagant generosity of God, this deep wisdom? It is, it is way over our heads. We'll never figure it out. Is there anyone around who can explain God? Anyone smart enough to tell him what to do? Anyone has done him such a huge favor that God has asked his advice. <laughs> Everything comes from God. Everything happens through him. Everything ends up in him. Always glory, always praise. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. God doesn't need us to do anything for him. The gift that we receive is we get to do things with him. That's the power. That is the awesome gift that we have. See, the thing about God's sovereignty, we don't have to worry about anything. He's in control. So he, he's got us. We don't have to worry. We can cast our cares upon him. We can rest and understand that God is in control. I just want to share this with you, Calvary. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. 
coming out of this, if you spend time with God, see, God is challenging us to take this Sabbath, this extended Sabbath, and start to learn to do life with him. To do life with him. Stop being so busy with all the things that God's not involved in. But it's, it's awesome to do life with him, right? To do life with him. We will see God's hands in everything. I love that. Like God gives you purpose in everything. In, uh, spending time with your family, God gives you a purpose to bless your family. And on your job, in your neighborhood, at, at your church, it's all about doing life with him. So how did Jehoshaphat align his life with God? Well, just like any good leader, he led the people to prayer. See, uh, Judah faced almost a certain defeat. They were badly outnumbered. So the king assembled all his people together to pray for deliverance over the nation of Jerusalem. See, prayer is about aligning and communing with God, right? So prayer um, can change not only the circumstance, but the person who prays as well. So we understand, we know this, faith without works, no, we don't understand. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without prayer, it's impossible to move God. Prayer moves God. It moves God. See, your, your faith life correlates with your prayer life. That's how we become one with God. That's the goal. That's the goal of living a life with God. It's becoming one with him. Oh, man, that, I just, I'm just waiting for people to shout or whatever. I'm just, that's some good. That is awesome. To live one with God is nothing else better than that. I think we have it all wrong. We think like busyness, if we do things for God, is when we will see miracles. We do things for God, we we will we receive blessings. No, 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 no. No, doing life with God, living a life with God is where you see his hand, where you see his heart. Amen. You see God move in your life. See, when facing problems, don't try to rush God to get you through them. Ask him to show you your role in it. Your role in it. So Jehoshaphat, so what he did was he assembled everyone together. And he said, let's, let's, let's pray. So what he did, he said, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat set his face to seek God. He set his face to seek God. Right? Second Chronicles uh, uh, 20, verse 12, it says, For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So what does it mean to set your face? To seek God. What does it mean? It is a deep focus, passion-filled petition to God. It is a deep focus. It's when you lock eyes with your Savior. 
It's when you lock eyes with the person, with the God who healed you. It's when you lock eyes with the only God that who's above all things, who the only one that can make a difference in your life. When you lock eyes to the to the God who who gave you the ability to break through every problem. It's the God that who can only move mountains in your life. And you lock eyes, that deep focus. It is that deep focus when you lock eyes with Jesus. Amen. So when so you lock eyes with our Savior. So when you seek God, when you seek the Lord, you pray to him and you steer in the face of Jesus. If you steer in the faith face of Jesus, he you will never be let down. You will never be let down. It means you have such a connection with him that everything a part of you aligns with him. Everything a part of you, every part of you aligns with him. It's that focus, it's that deep focus that you lock eyes like you so you're not focusing on fears. You're focusing on Jesus. You're not focusing on what the world is, re- how the way the world is responding. You're focusing on what God is saying, what God is doing. I'm going to lock eyes with you. I'm not going to let anything take away my focus right now. I'm going to lock eyes with you because I know that, God, you have the answer. You're better than any scientist. You're better than any president. You're better than any government right now. Only you have the answer. So I'm going to lock eyes with you. If I lock eyes and stare in the face of Jesus long enough, I will get a breakthrough. I will hear him speak. I will get delivered. Amen. If I lock eyes long enough, it's that deep focus. It's that deep focus. Right? And, and praying to the God, I'm going to lock eyes with you. Only you matter. Lock eyes with you. So that's what it means to sit to set your face and seek the Lord. And it also means to seek to align your prayers with God. My prayer life has changed forever. I used to question, um, back in the day, I used to question, like, does God really answer prayers? I I felt like any time that I pray and, um, you know, ask the Lord for something, I I I didn't receive an answer. It's a little frustrating after a while. It's a little frustrating after a while. It's like, God, okay, are you there? I mean, I know what the Bible says, but I don't really feel that you're there. I feel like I'm talking to no one. But my prayer life's changed based on this verse of John 15, 7. Familiar scripture. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But notice the sequence here. The starting point of, to powerful prayer is we abide in the Son of God, and then next the Word of God is abiding in you, and then everything you ask will be given to you. God's Son, God's Word leads to God's ways. So the PowerPoint of prayer is when you live in Christ, his words live in you, and you walk in his ways, everything you ask will be given to you. It's when you pray according to the ways of God. That's what I've learned. 
So it's to have that deep connection. So I must first abide in Christ, right? Learn his ways, abide, follow his ways. And then whenever I pray, I pray according to the ways of God. So then everything I ask will be given to me because I have that kingdom mentality. So let's be mature here. So I'm not just saying whatever you ask, whatever I want, whatever I want will be given to me. You know, some people ask for a new car. Well, Lord, if that happens, then, you know, let me, God, give me a new car. No, 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 no. It's when you, are, when you pray according to God's ways. When you pray according to God's ways. Make sense? So when, when we align our, our when we, when we align ourselves with the word of God, we pray according to his ways and everything we ask will be given to, it, to us. So when, so when um, your prayers are aligned with God, you should, your prayers should sound like this. God, whatever, where, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Whatever you want me to say, I will say. Whatever you want me to give, I will give. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. God, I just want to do life with you not for you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to be a part of your life, a part of your plans, Lord God. Thank you, God. Use me in a mighty way, in a mighty way. Your promises says you would never leave me nor forsake you. I am blessed to do life with you, to do life with you. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. That'll preach. So check out God's response to Jehoshaphat's prayer. I think it's so awesome. In 2 Chronicles 20, we're going to uh, read from th uh, uh, verse 13. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord. They stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of God came upon Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the, the ascent of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You got me on that one. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position. And see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. 
And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And, and when they had went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And we had taken counsel with the people. He appointed those who were, who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they begin to sing and praise, and when they begin to sing and praise, and when they begin to sing and praise, the Lord sent an ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah as they were routed. So there, are, there were three ways, I love this, three ways God responded to their prayer. One, he released the burden off of them. He says, do not be afraid. This battle is not yours. So he just released the burden off of them. So prayer releases the burden off of us and places it in God's hands. He says, he says Jesus says, my burden is, is my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, you don't even need to fight this battle. The burden is not yours. So let me just take this off of your plate right now. You don't need to walk through life with this, uh, holding on to this burden. It is not your fight. It is mine. God is saying to us right now, Calvary, you don't need to fight this battle. This is mine. I don't know what other battle you're fighting right now. He's saying it is not yours. It is mine to fight. So I'm thinking about Palm Sunday and Jesus riding in on the donkey. And with us on his mind, he says, I'm about to take all of their burdens from them. This is what I come, come to do. I'm, I'm coming to, to take all their burdens. Um, I'm making their burdens light right now. I'm taking all of it for you. All of it for you. So he released the burden off of them. What burden have you been battling that is causing you distress? God says it's not yours to fight. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And secondly, God told them where the enemy will be. <laughs> he says, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the the ascent of Ziz, you will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeruel. Right? So it's, it is important we know where the enemy is attacking us. So that way we are prepared and we're prayed up. And we know that God is for us and not against us. Amen? So there's nothing. We know that if God is sending us where the enemy is, we know that in, in God's hand is power and there is might and nothing can withstand him. So, so it's important that we know where, where areas that the enemy is attacking us so that we are prepared and we, we know how to fight. Oh, I can go on, on and on on that one. But then the third thing he says, the third thing he did, how he answered their prayer, he said, he, uh, God, God revealed their role in it. He said, you don't need to fight this battle. Your role is to stand firm, 
hold your position and see the salvation of, of the Lord on your behalf. Stand for, firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. That is so powerful. He said to stand firm, to stand firm. See, God sent them where the enemy was, but he told them, you don't need to fight them. You don't need to fight. Your role is just to praise me. <laughs> Your role is just to praise me. Just stand, just stand firm. Just stand firm on who I is. And, and, and it says in our text, it said they stood up and praised the Lord and the God of Israel and with, with a very loud voice. We have too many quiet Christians. Right? God is telling the Christians to stand up, stand up, stand firm, right, and praise me during the midst of chaos. Praise me during the midst of this pandemic. I am still God. Don't you know my nature? Don't you know this have not caught me off guard, amen? Just stand up and praise me. Stand firm. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right, amen? Just focus. Just lock eyes with me. Lock eyes with me and just praise me. Praise me because I am God. God wants to remind some people right now that I am God. I am God. Nothing in your life has caught me by surprise. I, am, I have your life right here, all in my hands. Just stand for your job, our job as believers in this moment, not to do, uh, it's awesome that we can do good things for people. I believe in that. We have a, a awesome kitchen angels, it, it, amen, that's providing meals for, for people. But it's not just about the meal. It's about the message. It's about the message. The message is that we're standing firm that we know our God is our God, and there's power and might in his hands. So when we give you this, this meal, we're saying that God has you in mind, that you are special, and God's going to deliver you, and he's going to bless you. So can you stand firm with me? Can you stand firm with me? Amen? Amen? So it's about us as Christians. We need to just stand firm and praise God. Stand firm and praise God. He says to hold your position. Hold your position. So we don't need, we don't know what to do, but our eyes must be on God. Hold your position. And they said in the text, if disaster comes, we will stand before this house. This, your name is in this house. God is telling someone to hold your position. He says, I want my name in your house. I want my name to be all over your house. I want my presence to be all over your home. I want you to wake up and spend time with me. I have some things I want to share with you, he says. Something that's going to change your life forever and those around you. Hold your position. You are exactly where I want you to be. Whatever that's going on in your life, you are exactly where I want you to be. Because he says the third thing. Because he said, I want you to see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. God says, just lock eyes with me. Just lock eyes with me. Watch me do, do my thing. You know I have you. Amen. Just lock eyes with me. 
Don't focus on anything else around you. Just lock eyes with me and see and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. And this is so awesome. Because as they were singing and praising, God sent an a, a ambush to defeat the enemy. That is so awesome. So as they were singing and praising, God was working. So as you sing and you praise him and you focus on him, God will work on your behalf. And then later in the, in the chapter, they said Jehoshaphat and the people, they went and they saw dead bodies around. And on the dead bodies were just gold and so many other possessions, so many other possessions. And they couldn't even take it all. We serve an abundant God. See, it's not just about the possessions. It was about how they aligned their lives with God and how he answered their prayers. So it wasn't about the possession. It's how he fought their battle. It's how he answered their prayers. God can truly answer our prayers. But the one thing he wants from us is to do life with us. To do life with us. It's not about doing things for God. It's doing things with God. Because when you do things with God, he says, your job is to only stand firm. Hold your position. And see. And see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Like, watch me. Lock eyes with me. Just lock eyes with me. And watch me move in your life. Watch out. Don't stop. Lock eyes with me. Steer in the face of Jesus and watch the miraculous happen. I want to encourage you today, Calvary. God is going to move in your life. We're going to see if we hold our position, if we stand firm, we continue to praise him, we will see the salvation of the Lord on our behalf. And we will just continue to sing and we can to praise him. And there will be so many blessings that you won't even be able to contain it. You have to give it away. Give it away. Give it away. It's awesome when God answers prayers. I'm excited. So here's what I want to do. I'm bring up Pastor Steve. Before I do that, we're going to have a Friday night, a Good Friday service. So before then, as you lock eyes with Jesus, I want you to share your testimony of things that the Lord has shared with you. I want you to, whatever breakthrough that you've had, whatever testimony that you have. So during our Friday night service, I just want you to share that with us. And I would love to read that. I would, I would love to share it with the rest of the congregation so that way we can be encouraged by how God is moving in your life. So it's very important, Calvary, that we do these three things during this pandemic is we stand firm, hold our position, and see the salvation of the Lord on our behalf. God bless you. We hope this message was impactful to you. 
If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.